the Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us this week for Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18 with Pastor John King. And so it's the little things, the things these faithful men did. And Paul wanted to bring that to bear. He wanted those folks to know it. And you know what? Tuhikas is world famous now. The simple man of God. And as I said, if these words sound familiar to you, you'd see it in Ephesians 6, 21 and 22, because we just covered it. And so, you know, it's, it's been both the letters, he's, he's delivered them. Now, when you tra trace the steps of Tuikas through the New Testament, you find that he was really with Paul through thick and thin. You know, a long relationship and a friendship with others is going to have its ups and downs. And, you know, he experienced these riots in Ephesus. There was a trip to Jerusalem. Uh, this led to Paul's imprisonment in Caesarea. And there was another wild ship ride to Rome that put, placed him where he is now. Uh, you, you've seen it in 2 Corinthians 11, 25, 20, uh, 25 through 27. He's, Paul says this. Now, Paul was describing what he went through, and you see it there. But this is also what his traveling companions went through in some regard. I don't know if they were beaten with rods, but they were along for the ride. He says, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Imagine you spend a full, you know, 24 hours in the water. Okay, you talk to people that have survived shipwrecks and you don't go very long and then depending on the condition of the seas and the water temperature. And here they were. And he says, you know, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. You know, they were chasing them down. Perils of the Gentiles in the city, in the wilderness, everywhere they went. They were hungry, you know, just this whole thing. And so this guy's been faithful, and him and others mentioned here today, been faithful to stick it out with Paul. And by the end of Paul's ministry, as he awaited to be executed by the hand of Emperor Nero, Paul will mention Tuikos once more in 2 Timothy 4.12. He says, in Tuikos I have sent to Ephesus. So he, he, he got him out of Rome. He sent him to Ephesus to be a part of that church. And this shows why Paul trusted this man to carry on the ministry when he was gone. Because he never lost his character. He was a faithful brother and a servant. Next we have Onesimus. We talked about him several weeks ago. He's a former runaway slave and now he's become a faithful brother in Christ. Verse 9 it says, With Onesimus has been a faithful and beloved brother, he is one of you. So again, this man's character has been changed through the faith in Christ. And he describes him. Because, you know, he was a runaway slave. That meant he was disobedient. Now, we've talked about the whole issue of slavery in that time frame. But he was disobedient. And he was hard to deal with. And through coming to Christ, you know, his time spent with Paul, he became changed. He was discipled by Paul. And he became a changed man. He says he was a faithful and beloved brother. He described it in Philemon, the change. What kind of change happens when you become a Christian? He says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten while in my chains. Philemon 1, 10 through 11. Who was once unprofitable to you. In other words, this was the guy that, you know, the, the, the tr he would like be like a problem employee, okay, that you have to counsel all the time. And he says, but now he's profitable to you and to me. So he's become a great servant of the gospel. His life has been changed. And so he says in verse 12, I am sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, though on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. So he's like, this guy has become very valuable to Paul. He's been a very great and faithful servant to Paul. 
uh, and friend as well. And he says he's one of you in verse 15 and 16, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. In other words, we talk about the steps of our lives and the places we've gone and all the things that have happened to us. Uh, I've having some great conversations this weekend with guys, uh, just getting to know some friends in the Lord. And we talk about our life circumstances, we talk about our testimony, and we're always reminding one another, and you guys do the same thing, that everything that you went through in your life that led up to where you are today, God knew every single thing. He knew every twist and turn that you would take. He knew every problem you would have. He knew every time you rejected the gospel. He knew who was praying for you, and you finally came to the Lord. And so God has his eyes on you, and he's always there. And so he, he's here, you, you, he says, now he, he is one of you. In verses 15 through 16 of that same book, he says, for perhaps he departed for this while, that you might receive him, but no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. And that's amazing what happens when somebody comes to the Lord and their life is changed and they've made new friends and they've come to serve and be found faithful through the years. And so he says, these two, they will make known to you all the things which are happening here. You know, letters didn't travel quickly back then. It wasn't like Instagram or Facebook, you know, all this social media and, and texting. And so the, the people in the churches, you know, they would wait and they'd get these letters and it was amazing. They were, they were awaiting to hear from the great apostle and they would receive and they would, they would yearn to hear his words. Just as we, I hope today, we, we yearn to hear God's word. We yearn to jump into his word and to learn from him. <clears throat> I was listening to, a, Margaret and I actually were listening to a podcast recently of, with Dr. Tony Evans. And it was an interview, uh, you know, Dr. Tony Evans is a kind of a world famous uh, pr a pastor and teacher and author. And the topic was about the early days when they were planting the church down there in Texas and the importance of the local church. And as they spoke with Dr. Evans, someone asked him, what, what's the character of the men that he looked for in those days? He was, you know, then the founding pastor, the senior pastor, if you will. And, you know, what are the kind of men that you look to become elders and assistant pastors? And he said this, he said, he said find someone who is not trying to be in competition with you in ministry. It's really important. It's a very careful thing. In other words, men who are more concerned about the unity and the purity of the church than the, the place that God has called them than trying to make a name for themselves. And that's, these are the men that Paul is describing, Tuchias and Onesimus. They never wrote an epistle there were no specifics, really, other than what Paul says of their, their ministry being recorded. But they're beloved, and they're faithful, and they're fellow servants. So Paul, just like you and I, you're blessed to have rare friends who are willing to work privately behind the scenes to support one another, whatever your role is. And in this case, it was to support him and the ministry God called Paul to. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. As I said this past weekend, several of us had the privilege of the fellowship of about, you know, 40 or 50 guys drove out from Calvary Chapel Clayton just to have their monthly Saturday morning breakfast with us. 
I mean, they, you know, if you've driven there, it's, two, it's a two-hour drive. And they just wanted to come out and bless us. Amen. The men's pastor, his name is Lloyd. He was a living example of a tuikas. Uh, he went out of his way to come bless us with, this, with great food, with great fellowship and encouragement. And it, was, it's, it just shows how unified the body of Christ can be. When you meet a stranger, somebody you've never spoken with before, sit down and share your story. Have a meal. So he came out. He was very encouraging. In fact, most of the guys that I met, that I had the chance to meet these last two days, they were very eager to share their personal testimony. But not only uh, that, they were ready to offer words and prayers of encouragement. They were also available to help and advise in matters of ministry and discipleship. One of the things we're working on behind the scenes here at our church is to, to develop a safety team uh, so that we can be more secure in our church and have uh, you know, men and possibly women that work to be part of a safety team to make sure that nobody gets in the building that shouldn't get here. And so they have a lot of experience. And so you see how we can benefit from fellowshipping with others. These are our friends, our beloved brothers, our faithful servants, and our fellow servants. Perhaps there's someone in your life that's a good example of what it means to be a faithful friend. I certainly hope so. Hopefully, we all have people like that in our lives. And likewise, that we, you and I, are found faithful friends towards others. It's a two-way street. Not looking to compete with them or manipulate for our own gain. But a faithful friend through thick and thin. Maybe there's someone in your life right now who's not yet saved. You have a friend who's not yet saved. You never know when they might become a lifelong friend, brother and sister in the Lord. I would encourage you to invite them to church, invite them to the prayer group, any events that we have, come to Bible study, and just make a friend. Next we have the faithful friends who stayed and prayed. In other words, so, you know, some were sent out and then obviously here we have these men who stayed. And he starts in verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. And if he comes to you, welcome him. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner. Now these are the Jewish brethren. These are the converts. These are the ones who came to Christ as, from previously being Jews. We would call them uh, today, what would we call them? The Jewish people who convert. Messianic, Messianic Jews. There you go. Thank you. See, friends. But Aristarchus, is, he says, my fellow prisoner greets you. Now this man was a native of Thessalonica. It's easy for you to say. Also mentioned in Acts 20 and 27. And like Tuikus, he traveled extensively with Paul. So he was seeing the, the rough, you know, getting treated, thrown in jail, riots, the crazy things, and all the miracles that were happening in Paul's ministry, which you read in the book of Acts. Now, according to tradition, this man, Aristarchus, uh, he was martyred during the persecution of Nero. So when Paul was martyred, also this man, apparently, uh, tradition has it that he was martyred as well. He also mentions Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Uh, now Mark is famous. He's also known as John Mark. 
Because his Roman name was Mark and his Jewish name was John. And so he's called John in Acts 13 and Mark in Acts 15 in 2 Timothy. He was famous for being the subject of a very sharp dispute between Paul and Mark's cousin, Barnabas. We could read of that if we were going to do it today in Acts 15. You read of what happened. He was also the writer of the Gospel of Mark. Now, I said he's famous for being the subject of a sharp dispute. This kind of, this speaks to the aspect of friendships that have been hurt or harmed, but then come back later in later years. Uh, basically, during Paul's first missionary journey, this cousin of Barnabas, Mark, John Mark, he deserted them in the mission. You know, he came about halfway through the mission field, and then he returned to Jerusalem. And you see that in Acts chapter 13, verse 13. And this didn't sit well with Paul. And so when it came time for them to pick the guys to go on the second missionary trip, Barnabas wanted to bring his cousin along, and Paul refused. And so they got in a great argument. They got in a big argument. They had a sharp dispute. And they parted ways. Paul and Barnabas, these friends in the ministry, parted ways. And Paul went with uh, Titus and, and uh, uh, Barnabas took John Mark. And in a sense, they multiplied the gospel though. But here we see at this point, where in the letter we're at today, years later, years after all of this, that he's been reconciled with Paul, John Mark. And as I said, any friendship, there will be disappointment and hurt. And if you've been a long-time friend, you know that true friendship includes forgiveness, doesn't it? And restoration, if possible, if, if, as is up to you, right? And then he names this man Jesus, who was called Justice. Now, Jesus, or Jesus, was a very common name at that time. Uh, at, our, at our group uh, this last weekend, there was like, I don't know, 10 Johns and 10 Mikes. I mean, you know, everybody's name was John or Mike. Uh, there were a few others. They're the ones you could uh, remember probably a little bit easier. But we had this kind of default thing. Is your name John? <laughs> they were laughing. No, it's Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> but in any event, we weren't wearing name tags, just so you know. And Jesus called justice, Jesus. And then he says that these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. I don't, I don't get the impression, I don't, I've never seen anybody mention the fact that he was disappointed that there weren't more converted Jews in his party. I don't, I don't get that. He's just making mention that these are the ones that are with me. And they've stayed faithful to the cause of the gospel. And he's just, how do we know they're Jewish Christians? Well, he says, because they are who have, uh, are of the circumcision. But your modern translation, some of them say that they were Jewish. But notice what kind of men, again, we're talking character. They, these men, have proved to be a comfort to me. A comfort. Uh, paragoria. The root word is paragoric, okay? That's, a, that's a, a, uh, an ancient uh, type of medicine used to relieve irritation uh, in different parts of it. It was, it was legal. You may have heard of paragoric. But what this means is, is they brought comfort to him. They think of friendship, a friend that brings comfort, a, bring, a friend that brings solace, that brings relief, that alleviates and consoles another. And so this is applied to how these guys treated Paul. They were a comfort to him. And then he says he brings in a, a great prayer warrior. He starts listing the Gentile brethren there who are with him. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always 
laboring fervently for you in prayers. Now this is their pastor who's a very passionate prayer warrior. And his prayers, he even reveals the things that this man prays for their congregation. He says that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. In other words, that they would be mature and secure in their faith. Those are wonderful things to be praying for others over. But you here you have this, this amazing prayer warrior. And Paul wants to let them know, he says, For I bear witness, in verse 13, that he is, has a great zeal for you. In other words, he has great concern for you. He had great concern for his flock, so much so that Paul wanted them to know about it. And then he says, and to those in Laodicea and also in Hierapolis. So Epaphras apparently had an extended ministry. He was also, you know, uh, he'd, he'd really planted maybe perhaps a couple churches, but he had influence. And then finally here in verse 14, we, uh, we see Luke, the beloved physician. This is Luke. And then this guy Demas greet you. So you have one faithful and one who's not faithful. And Paul, at this time, point in time, though, Paul mentions him. He starts out with this Luke, the beloved physician. Luke was the author of Acts and, of course, the gospel according to Luke. In fact, Luke, I was reminded, Luke was the only Gentile author in the New Testament. And this beloved physician was faithful to the end of Paul's life. By the end of Paul's life. You know, if you're reading in First and Second Timothy, you're reading letters from a man who is, you know, about to be uh, taken off the face of the earth, is about to be martyred. And in Second Timothy 4.11, he says, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in ministry. So now this John Mark is being mentioned right at the end. So we see they've been reconciled, and he's been faithful, John Mark and Luke as well, to the very end of Paul's ministry. But he mentions this man, Demas. He says, and Demas greets you. This is one man who did not finish well. In his second letter to Timothy, Paul wrote about Demas. And he said this in 2 Timothy 4.10. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, and Titus for Dalmatia. So apparently this man had turned his back on the faith and walked away from the gospel and walked away from fellowship with Paul. And so not everyone finishes well. And that's a good reminder, a sobering reminder for us that we need to make sure, be certain of our salvation. Make sure that we're not just checking the Christian block when they, somebody asks us the question, what's your, what's your religion? I mean, that's not something we want to be. That We want to know, hey, well, I serve Jesus. I know I'm saved. I know the day and the time. I, you know, I might know the day and the time when I was saved. I know that I came to the Lord at a point in time in my life, and my life has been changed from then on out. So we think of the situation around John, Mark, and Paul, and it might prompt your thoughts of, uh, you know, those that you might have written off because of past hurts and dis disappointment. I can certainly think of those who I have, you know, just once had a relationship with and it's not like that we don't have a relationship anymore. And perhaps the Lord wants to remind me and you that there are, you know, we're to be gracious. We're to offer second chances. Who are we not to offer second chances to those? Because that's what grace is all about and that's what the Lord has done for us. 
And also, as, as we described, uh, you know, these folks that brought comfort to Paul, it's a good question for you and I to ask, does my friendship with others bring soothing words and actions? Do I take the time to thank people? Do I take the time to really want to understand my friend's condition and how they're, how they're you know, dealing with stuff that's going on? A lot of times we'll have an, as a true friend, we'll know the things that they're going through and have the chance to say, hey, brother or sister, can I pray with you? Proverbs 27, 9. Ointment and perfume delight the heart. And the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Those are good words to take with us, isn't there? And finally, we conclude the letter. Uh, Paul's final greetings in verses 15 through 18. Yeah, and he's... He's talking about a, uh, you know, Paul's, he's speaking of, he says, hey, greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church that is in his house. You know, say hello. You know, let those folks know. that Give them a hug for me or whatever, you know, however you would describe it. Because they had this, he, he, was, he had never met them, but he wanted to extend his greetings and, and his desire to bless them in the Lord. This, this uh, person, Nymphos, uh, either a man or a woman, actually, when you look into it. But it's one who has a, a, uh, a lot of wealth and, and, and they had the ability to host a home church in their fellowship. And uh, so he's doing this. And notice also in verse 16, we see, as we were talking about from this past weekend, fellowship between congregations. And he says, Now in the, when this epistle is read among you, see that you read it also to the church of the Laodiceans. You know, share the letter with further instructions that he had. And as I said, the, long, the letters took a long time to arrive. Communication was slow and dangerous. And as these letters were spread before the, the Bible was, became you know, canonized to three, four hundred years later, they would, copy, they would copy these letters and they would distribute them to all the churches as the churches were growing. And they would hand copy them and they would give them out. They didn't have copy machines, obviously. And then, of course, in verse 17, we see a personal encouragement from Paul to Archippus. He says, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. To take heed is um, to pay attention. And notice, but he says, Make sure you've, you want to fulfill it. In other words, you've been given a ministry, whatever it is, whatever your ministry calling is in life, see it through to the end is what he's saying. Fulfill it. Don't give up on what God's called you to do. And then he closes, he said, this salutation by my own hand, remember my chains, grace be to you. You know, even though Paul was in prison, he, he was, you know, as one writer put it, he was, in he was in bonds. No power on earth could imprison his ministry. And the one primary reason is because Paul had great friends. These are just a few. If you count all the friends that Paul uh, speaks of in the New Testament, it's close to a hundred. And so he closes with grace be to you, or big grace be with you, amen. Just like he opened the letter. Verse 2 of chapter 1, he says, uh, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the long 
time that we spend as friends. John 1.16. What we've been given from the Lord is that we can extend grace for grace continually. We need it each and every day. John 1.16 says, And of his fullness we have all received. And grace for grace. But keep in mind as well that any talk about Christian friendship is only possible because of the best friend you and I have, and that's Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you can't call him your Lord, Savior, and your friend, I would encourage you to consider the words that we've spoken today. Consider the fact that you will depart from this earth. If you do that without knowing Jesus, you will have eternal separation from God. And so I would encourage you, if you're not certain about your faith, get with the Lord. Spend some time with Him. Ask the question. And receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Amen. So we've seen today this example of the importance of establishing and maintaining great friendships in the Lord. Because none of us was meant to do this alone, were we? So let's, let's try to keep in mind, let's, the worship team's going to come up, we're going to close here in prayer, but let's follow the example of those that the Lord sends your way. You know, you don't know who's coming your way, but when that happens, you should seek to be loving and faithful and be willing to share in the work of the ministry. And don't forget that God uses prayer warriors like Epaphras. Don't forget those that sacrifice like Luke. Those that are comforting like Justice and John Mark. And those who are forgiving like Paul. That's what it means to be a friend to others. And of course, whatever ministry that you and I have received from the Lord, fulfill it. See it through the end of your life. Amen? Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together in your word, Lord, and we simply ask that you go before us, Lord, that you would help us to put legs, hands, and feet to the things that we've learned today about friendship. Thank you, Lord, for the love that you share with us. Thank you for the lives that you've placed in our lives. May we continue to be faithful and willing servants, willing vessels to serve you for the sake of the gospel. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.